The book is Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Sometimes on the podcast, I review books that I think are something of a deep take. Like, no one's ever heard of Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald. That just kind of reflects some of my varied reading interest. Not so with Brave New World. I think this is one that most people have heard of and probably a lot of people have read. In my mind, Brave New World is a part of the trifecta of 1984, Animal Farm, Brave New World. I tend to associate them all as these dystopian type of novels with a similar message. But whereas I think 1984 was read in high schools, that is not actually the case with Brave New World. And if I had to take a guess, it would be because the religious services in the book end in orgies and have fun explaining that to a bunch of teenagers. Notwithstanding the orgies, Brave New World, for being 90 years old, has a surprisingly resonant message for our world today. It was written in 1932, but it feels timeless. And you know what? I give it an 8 out of 10. Here's why. It is full of the darkest but most compelling imagery I've read in a long time. It's like a car wreck where no matter how horrifying it is, you just can't quite look away. That's how I felt reading this book. It starts off with a tour of an assembly line, and you find out the thing being assembled is people. Aldous imagines a world in which humans are not procreated. There are no mothers, there are no fathers. There is only the scientifically engineered human being. But not content to stop there, human beings are produced to exist in different classes. So depending on the amount of proteins or the number of vitamins different embryos get, they shape human beings who will be in their A-class society and their B-class society and who will be their assembly line workers and who will be the top of the heap running things. It's equal parts terrible and clever in how well thought out it is. Another one of these shocking type of images is the society's, quote, religion. So in 1932, when Aldous wrote the book, Henry Ford's Model T was revolutionizing the world. So that was in production from 1908 until 1927. Changed everything, kicked off the Industrial Revolution. And a couple of years after that, Aldous imagines a world in which this revolution is given free reign to reshape humanity without the bounds of uh, human rights or morals or civil liberties or anything like that. Like, what if we had a world in which Henry Ford was basically God? And no, they don't think he's, like, immortal or anything like that in Brave New World, but they worship him like a deity. And in this bleak reality, they've gotten rid of traditional religion, and so they took all of the crosses of Jesus Christ and cut the tops off. You know how Catholics will make the cross which, if I'm not mistaken, I think starts at the forehead, goes down to the stomach, and then touches each shoulder. In Brave New World, because all the tops are cut off, they start with the stomach and then touch each one of their shoulders. So it's just a T for Ford's Model T. And then you can see the connection of putting together human beings as if they were on an assembly line to signify the Ford Model T. A characteristic of the society is everyone takes Soma. And the equivalent in our context is heroin. It's the heroin epidemic. 
in their world, there's not supposed to be any pain. There's not supposed to be any negative feelings. Uh, they're living in, quote, utopia. And so anytime anything bad happens, there's this state-sponsored drug called Soma that they take, and then you go back to your predestined day job. 1984 vilifies the government from the narrator's point of view. The person telling the story marks the government in 1984 as doing evil things. Brave New World takes a different approach. Hardly any characters in the book recognize that this is not how the world is supposed to be. And so there's no philosophical weight given to why the government grows people this certain way and why they sponsor this program and why they push out this specific morality that they do. But the reader can infer that it's for power's sake. The government has squashed all unrest, all rebellion, all bad feelings. The people's very personalities are sculpted and shaped so that there will be no resistance. And Soma is a huge part of that. Keep the people happy, they won't fight back. I'm searching for a way to communicate how over-the-top this society is. The closest I can really think to describing it is it's like the capital in the Hunger Games. It takes all of the worst parts of the world that we know today and exaggerates them to the nth degree. So we read these stories and it's like looking in a fun mirror of the world that we know today. Kind of similar, but exaggerated in specific ways. I think this type of writing is important because an awareness of what is possible, it's helping people realize, oh, if we don't address this on the front end, we could end up in a bad place. At this point, I don't see what Aldous is predicting happening, at least in the West. If you're in China, that's a different story. We read 1984 as a warning. China reads it as a playbook. And if they could grow human beings like they do in Brave New World, I 100% think they would. But in the West, we've got this great thing called the Bill of Rights. Written into the very fabric of how our government operates are things like the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, the right to due process. To the extent that these rights hold over time is the extent that we are less likely, as a people, to be abused by the major government overreach it would take to produce this kind of world that all this is describing. So... God bless America, you know what I'm saying? As a story, Brave New World has a, let's call it, uncommon approach. There's a whole cast of characters, but there's three that I would call main characters. But of the three, none are really what we would call good guys. Like, not a single one has an understanding of good versus evil. They're on the side of good. And even if they die in the end... You know, they die in service of this greater idea of calling out the evils of the world that they live in. That's not really a thing. You've got one character, Bernard, who's born into this horrific society, and he's countercultural. But it's only because he is rejected by the society. His little test tube got shaken up, and so he's kind of weird. So the whole book, he's resistant to the brave new world. Until something happens, and he starts to be accepted, and he starts to be invited to parties. And then all of his resistance to this immoral governing drops. Then there's Himholtz. He's countercultural, but because he's got like super genetics. Like he's smarter than everyone else, better looking than everyone else, talks better than everyone else. And so he's got all these revolutionary ideas. And he tries to put them out there within the system, within the institution. In the end, he's neither so offensive that they need to go out and kill him, nor within the appropriate lines of language 
that they can put up with him, but he lived in a lukewarm way. So they just shove him off to an island and say, have your crazy ideas over there. And he probably has the best ending of the three. And lastly, there's John, who has the greatest potential to call out this society's flaws, but he goes too far the other direction, and whereas they're all continuously pleasure-seeking in all areas of life all the time, John starts, like, beating himself and rejecting happiness and won't look out of a window because it's got a nice view and he doesn't deserve that, and he goes too far the other direction and gets nothing done. Huxley never shows us a character who is countercultural in an effective way. These three were countercultural, but they each had their own different flaws of why they didn't stick or why they didn't last or why they were ineffective. The question is, what kind of character would be able to successfully change this society? He doesn't answer. And I think the deeper question that he's implying is if things progress so far that they get to the point of Brave New World, is resistance even possible? I don't know. So last point I want to make about Brave New World. Philosophers ask why. Practical people like myself ask how. Philosophers say, why did this happen? Pragmatists say, what can we do about it? And reading Brave New World, that's the question I pondered. It's like, this is a good point. These are things to watch out for. What is the practical takeaway? As I pondered, my first answer was, okay, read more books. In Brave New World, there's no freedom of speech. They don't have access to materials. And so we can take advantage of our freedom of speech and help safeguard ourselves in that way. For me, that's probably the right conclusion reading Fahrenheit 451. Read more books, absolutely. For Brave New World, I feel like there's something more. Brave New World is all about a society that's it's shallow and it's empty. It's built on the worst ideas that science fiction can imagine. And all of it is done in an attempt to avoid the unavoidable. Their whole existence is to minimize pain in their lives. Like, there should be nothing upsetting. There should be nothing disturbing. Life should never be hard. Everyone can stay young forever. Leaving this book, I think the takeaway for me is go out and live. Do stuff that makes you happy. Take risks. Get hurt. Laugh. Cry. Be happy. Be sad. Pain is something that is a part of life as we know it. And I think is one of the things that makes life beautiful and worth living. A life that is carefree and pleasure all the time, at the end of the day is shallow and it's empty. The pleasure-seeking life has no substance to it. There's no weight. There's no meaning or purpose. And it's certainly risky and painful to put yourself out there and to try new things and to go out and try to have an impact. But the difference is that the trials that you go through are worth it. So yeah, kind of weird takeaway. I thought for sure when I started this book, I was going to write an episode ranting against government overreach. But Brave New World landed in a completely different place for me, so I don't know if you're surprised about that takeaway, but I am. So yeah, go out and hug a loved one. Mm -hmm.